All right, howdy. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Uh, we are sitting here 2021, fully in gear. Uh, this is Rob White, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2014. And this is Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2015. What episode number is this? God, I lost count. I don't know. We're like 29, 30. We're getting close to dirty 30. Are we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cause we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow, it's right on. It's hard to believe. Well, we do have a very special podcast today. We do have a guest uh, coming on. Um, that's going to be our friend, uh, Gray Robertson from uh, Alabama Softball. Uh, he calls the games over there, and he'll be able to introduce himself here very shortly. But we just figured we would give you guys a quick little heads up on that. And uh, we will be right back with you as soon as we're done with the call. So we will go ahead and send you over to that. All right, howdy, guys. Uh, this is the Red Ass Podcast. And, of course, we have ourselves a very special guest. You want to introduce our guest? Yeah, yeah. So, uh so this is Gray Robertson, and for those of you who don't know, um, I actually got to meet Gray, uh, what, two, three years back? How long has it been now? I think it was uh, the 19 season, if my memory serves. Okay. 2019. So uh, Alabama came uh, on the road for softball, and they came in the restaurant. And Gray, uh, he's the um, softball and women's basketball now, right? Uh, sometimes, yeah. It, it's it's a hodgepodge right now with the COVID season. Right, <laughs> right. But he does uh, he does radio for LAM softball primarily, and that's kind of how I met him because they were in town to play. Uh, that was was that the tournament uh, or was that just the series? I can't remember. That was in March for the regular season, and we came into Good Bull for uh, for our live on the road at the SEC tournament episode of Out of the Box. Right, right, yeah. And speaking of Out of the Box, you want to tell us about your podcast? Real yeah, at Out of the Box underscore Pod. Out of the Box is a uh, softball podcast that. Uh, covers Alabama and the entire SEC and whatever else we want to talk about. Uh, I, I will reference it throughout this conversation. We did, I believe, the first ever SEC softball media days where we talked to all 13 SEC head softball coaches. That was a blast. We love everybody. It's going to be hard to beat everybody when we play them, knowing these coaches now. But uh, it, it was a, a lot of fun. And Tom and I, I, Tom Canterbury, my radio partner, he does play-by-play, and I'm the analyst. Um, we really love putting together the show and, and talking about the sport and watching it grow. That's awesome. Well, I guess uh, my first question for you is just, you know, what really kind of got you into softball over there in Alabama? Uh, specifically working at Alabama, kind of luck. I sent in my stuff to Jim Carabin at the Crimson Tide Sports Network and Crimson Tide Sports Marketing. He said, women's basketball just ended. Would you like to hop on with softball? I said, Sure. So I sat in with Tom for two games in the LSU series in 2017, and then game three, we joined forces. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't anything special, but I guess I didn't screw up enough for them to ask me not to come back. And then uh, we, we carried out the rest of the season. I came back in 2018, and now here we are about to enter year five together in the booth uh, in some capacity, which, uh, again, I'm, I'm really thankful that I was uh, that softball was on the table when I was looking for a job so i think i know the answer to this but i mean you picked up basketball here and there but which do you prefer doing i know you have a good time doing them both but but i, I feel like and i see the videos y'all post too you doing softball you are uh, you are incredibly animated <laughs> <laughs> you are what i would be like if i were calling AM athletics i you know i always laugh at when i was a yell leader i i mean I mean, we led yells, but I was there to watch the game. I'm an Aggie, you know, so, you know, it's, it's hard to separate the two from wanting to be a, you know, a spectator for a sport in a school that you love and still having a job to do. Yeah. You know, I would have to say, I love them both, of course. And there I've been 
able to see a lot of incredible moments with the women's basketball team, but there's just something about being with the team for four, now five years that, that just grows you closer to coaching staff. And I know all the players and uh, Tom and I have worked together for so long and we've got a great relationship with the staff and former players who come back into town. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a community and it's, it's almost family-like even for us, even for the guys who roll into the press box two hours before the game and maybe talk to coach Murphy and maybe a couple players before, but it really is a, it really is like a family and to have had that for four years. And now even in a weird year to have that for a fifth is, is special. That's awesome. Well, uh, well, we brought you on and we don't want to keep you for too long. I know you got some stuff going on. Um, so, uh, uh, but we brought Gray on because we want to talk softball because, uh, you know, the schedules are released. We got the softball schedule released uh, yesterday or the day before. Right. Um, and then baseball finally came down the pipe. But uh, but softball beat everybody to the punch. And so um, we don't hear here like here on the Red Ash podcast. Like we don't really give a damn about any other conference. So, <laughs> so I, don't, I don't really care. Um, and when it comes to softball, I know there's a couple of Pac-12 programs you have to look at in OU. But really outside of that, the ACC is the powerhouse in yet another sport. Um, so what we want to do is a little SEC preview. We're just going to kind of give you the lure and let you run with it, man. So, uh, so we want to do a little SEC kind of preview, just kind of a real quick top to bottom, what you think kind of who, who your favorites are. If, if there's a team that you think maybe could be a sleeper coming out and you don't have to say AM just cause you're on the podcast, it's not <laughs> AM, it's not AM. Um, and then we'll get your thoughts on a couple of key position players. And then we're going to roll into a, uh, just a little bit on AM specifically, especially since you guys got to do media days. Yeah, I'm sorry. My pick for the sleeper is not Texas A&M. I oh, just okay. want to get that okay. out of the way. <laughs> we seem to be having difficult. We got to go. Yeah, yeah, no, fire away. Just kind of who our favorites are. Um, you know, yeah. going to finish like one, two, three, and then a sleeper. Well, I'm not going to give my full uh, full SEC projections because that's uh, Tom and I have been working quietly, ready to go for the season three premiere of Out of the Box. But yeah, I will say this. Don't, don't ruin anything. Yeah, no, no spoilers for me. I don't want Tom mad at me. But this year, the conference, I think there's a very clear divide between one, two, and three and everybody else. One, two, and three, you can go any order. We saw the D1 softball poll have LSU five in the nation, Florida six, Alabama eight. Uh, I would probably order it if you ask me right now, I would say Alabama, Florida, LSU. Tom might say something different, but I think the general consensus is that Alabama, LSU, and Florida are the three best teams in the SEC, and one of those three will win the conference. And it, it's hard to find it's hard to find fault in that. I was running the numbers yesterday. LSU is bringing back almost 98% of their at-bats and over 99% of their RBIs from last year. And of course, you've got the seniors coming back, but Throw in LSU also returning 100% of their innings pitched. It is the most experienced team in the SEC just in terms of nation. playing. It's it's ridiculous. I would say the nation, but Missouri actually is 100% at all three categories, which is kind of insane. Um, but you don't expect it, but they're not in the top three. <laughs> they're not. They're not. I'll get to Missouri, though, but – uh, LSU's got four great pitchers. Uh, I, I really like Shelby Wickersham. She's still young. I think Beth Tarina is going to lean on her a little bit more this year, but I'd like to see that anyway, because I think she's the best arm on the staff. Florida has our girl Skylar Wallace transferred from Alabama to Gainesville. There's a lot that I could unpack there, but I will not. Yeah. Uh, 
that's really weird to make that move to me. It's, you know, I, it, it seems like that's the best fit for Skylar. And I'll, I'll just say that. And I hope she does well. And we'll see what the waiver situation is like. No one really knows what's going on because there was a, a blanket waiver talked about for every sport in the spring. But does that work with people transferring within the conference? Because usually that's up to the SEC. And so we'll see how that goes down i would be surprised if she didn't play this year but florida's got a lot of offensive talent elsewhere on the roster besides skylar wallace they've got a really good pitching staff that didn't miss kelly barnhill as much as i thought last year lugo pitched really well uh Trilicek pitched really well elizabeth hightower is has shaped up to be a little bit better against a tougher competition so i think florida is right there and then i mean it, alabama uh, there's a reason that they were essentially unanimous picks to win the SEC last year. And if it weren't for injuries, um, uh, they would have gotten off to a much better start. But I think an incredibly tough non-conference schedule matched with more injuries than Patrick Murphy would have ever assumed led to an uneasy looking squad in the first part of the 2020 season. Everybody's back pretty much except for Skylar Wallace, but you've got six pitchers, uh, including three who have, basically had all sec or pitcher of the year or pitcher of some conference like seasons. And then you bring back a bunch of hot bats. I mean, those three teams to me are far and away the best in the conference. And maybe we could see a team like Missouri or Arkansas push them, but I would be genuinely shocked if the winner in the, uh, in the conference isn't one of those three. Well, with it being so top heavy and like you said, I mean, just, I mean, since you have three, you know, a lot of times when conferences are top heavy in any sport, it's really two. You know, and then you and then you look at, like you said, last year with Alabama with injuries, you know, things can occur where it all of a sudden becomes a one horse race and you maybe have somebody that's able to creep in there. But with three, the likelihood of anybody else in that conference to be able to creep into the conversation is I don't want to say it's zero because it's sports and that's why we play it. But um, but I mean, I mean, who's fourth? I mean, who's at the top of the sec second half of the I mean, do you see a lot of a, a lot of attorney teams out of the SEC or? Oh, yeah, I, I would be surprised if we didn't see at least 12 again. And maybe get all 13 in. It depends on what the non-conference schedule looks like for teams like Auburn and Ole Miss. Those teams have not released that part of the schedule yet. But what's beautiful about the SEC and, and kind of the national perspective is once you get past the top three, I looked through four through 10. And as I did kind of a breakdown of the schedules and started to make some predictions, two games two games separated four and 10 in my standings. I mean, it was, it was crazy. So literally any of those teams can do anything. I like Missouri. I love Larissa Anderson, just a huge fan. I mean, she got a team that was playing for literally nothing last year to buy in and win some games and be really good, even though they had that postseason ban. Now they're actually playing for a trophy. There's a finish line. There's something they can go after. And I think that mindset's going to carry over and make them really successful this year. Arkansas brings back a lot of people and they've got Autumn Storms who showed why she was an All-American in the early part of 2020. If Mary Half or Jenna Bloom can become a reliable number two option, that's a team that could do something. South Carolina, I, I was ready to sell stock on South Carolina. I bought all the stock in 2020. Mm -hmm. Jana Johns transferred. I said, you know what? Take it back. I'm good. <laughs> and then I, I did some reading yesterday and I was like, well, wait, why am I giving up on this team? This is still a pretty loaded roster. Not much has changed from 
the team that I bought in on in 2020. So I could see South Carolina and I think the dark horse in the conference, I, as I broke down the schedule, they weren't as high as I thought they would be, but Mississippi state could be really good this year. They could really be the team that surprises some people and takes some series and, and their schedule is not that difficult. Uh, they've got a, a couple tricky road series, but they get Florida at home. They get Tennessee at home. They get Georgia at home. Those are three chances against really good teams who will probably be ranked higher than them in the polls and in the preseason rankings where they could win the series in Starkville because they've got Emily Williams and Andy Willis pitching and then the best power duo in the country and Fale Lua and Mia Davidson. Well, and, and that's what I thought was so surprising. Uh, you were talking just about the strength of the conference, even though there's a clear separation from the top to the, to the, to the second tier, is how many teams out of the conference made the tournament? You know, because you, obviously you're going to beat up on yourself in conference. And we're, we're seeing that with a lot of sports right now, just because of the lack of non-conference, you know, competition. But, and I, and I heard all the complaints and, and I love when people are complaining because the SEC gets too many teams and I love that complaint. <laughs> um, but it just shows the strength of the conference that even like you were saying, when you're eight, ninth in the conference, that, that isn't like a knock on your program. You're not, you're not a bad softball program. You're just running into the grinder, having to play the Alabamas, having to play the Floridas. I mean, that's, and especially if you catch, you know, if you catch those series on the road, if that's the way your schedule works out, I mean, you don't chalk it up as L's, but you're not expecting a whole lot out of it. Right. And I look at what I've got down and it's interesting that probably the six teams that I've got five teams that will probably host regionals. A lot of them are quieter teams. They're not exactly the big sexy names like Arkansas hosted a regional uh, Missouri hosted back when they were in the big 12. Haven't really done that since they've been in the sec, but I'm looking at a Tennessee, a South Carolina, a Kentucky, a Mississippi State, a Georgia who's going to be really good, but they're playing maybe the toughest SEC schedule I've seen in a long time, just with looking at how the teams are this year, that are all going to make the tournament and are all going to be really, really tough teams to beat. They're going to be that two seed that if you're an Oklahoma State or a Minnesota or some team who sneaks at a Baylor, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 in the NCAA tournament, and you see Kentucky coming to town you're going to be nervous you see mississippi state coming over you're gonna you're gonna to have to really game plan like this is a league who uh I, I think will not have a ton of teams hosting because i think we're going to really see the wealth be spread this year but boy it, it's going to be hard to keep some of these squads out of super regionals because there's just so much talent in the conference top to bottom uh we'll get to AM in a second i'm going to ask you a couple questions but again if i ask you something that you don't want to let the cat out of the box you can just say listen to my podcast okay um, so sec uh who's your pre preseason pick to be player of the year bailey Hempel. okay alabama i i when we did the bama u bracket over the summer tom and i talked about it we think bailey by the end of her career will be a one seed she was either a two or she was a three seed this summer we think she'll be a one seed we think she'll break the home run record challenge for the rbi record she is uh she's one of the best players alabama's ever had and i think if she gets off to a good start she'll be able to keep that up going into early conference play and that'll lead the snowball effect and lead to a sc player of the year title right on uh, best team in the country preseason. UCLA. Mm -hmm. It's not close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see the polls. It's yeah, it's like we said, it's just a couple of Pac-12 schools. It just every year they're in it. Yeah. yeah, I I was texting Tara Henry from D1 Softball, and she played at UCLA, and and she tweeted something the other day before the D1 Softball Top 25 poll came out, 
And it was like, who, what are your guesses? Who do you think will be number one? And I texted her and said, I bet a million dollars that I know who's number one, because it's so obvious. I mean, UCLA was already good. They were already the best team in the country. And now they're bringing in two Olympians who are coming back for a year while team USA is, I guess, broken up to let the girls train on their own before the 2021 Olympics. It's, it's absurd. The richer definitely getting richer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I actually, I got one of your opinion on one thing that the Texas pitcher that she decided to opt out. Um, and obviously, you know, we're dealing with opt outs across the board and all the sports and, and it is ultimately the, uh, you know, it's the player's decision and it's really not our business. Why if they just decide to opt out. We really don't need, we don't deserve an explanation just because we, you know, have t-shirts and, 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 and golf shirts and bumper stickers. Like it's, it's the athlete's decision. What does that do to the Texas program? Because Texas is another program there's that softball is, you know, they're, they're perennially, you know, a good, they're a good program. I can yeah, admit it, that. I don't like them, but I can admit to it. <laughs> See, that's why you're good at what you do, Roy, because <laughs> you're able to admit the hard truth. Um, you know, Texas, it, it took them down probably at least five spots in the polls and will win the actual top 25, not, not the websites, but the one the coaches vote on, the media votes on. When that comes out, Texas will probably be 9, 10, 11. And I think that's right. This was a team that you could argue could challenge Oklahoma to win the Big 12. Now they're going to be relying on Shea O'Leary, a pitcher who is good, but hasn't really had to be an ace. Mm-hmm. And Ole Miss transfer Molly Jacobson, who was superb her first year in the SEC. I, I pushed a little bit maybe for her to be in the sec pitcher of the year conversation last year she got lit up because everybody had tape on her and i'm just i'm not sure how she will do in the big moments against oklahoma it's been the bugaboo for oklahoma or for texas to try and get over the oklahoma hump and even with mike white there it still really hasn't happened i thought there was a chance this year but that chance is probably gone. I would be shocked if we saw Texas in the World Series unless there's another pitcher that emerges. And uh, by the way, Alabama opens the year in Austin in a tournament. So that weekend just got a lot more interesting with Arizona also in town. Oh, yeah. yeah that's one of my favorite things about softball is all the early season kind of, you know, little tournaments, round robins that, you know, we always run out to the, the A&M always goes out to the West Coast, you know, to do those. I, I love those because the lineups are always so good. You know, college baseball is starting to do it a little bit here and there. For sure. But softball, the first three weekends will be three different invitationals. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, what's funny, I know A&M, I don't think, has actually released their non-conference teams that they're playing. But I was perusing Tennessee's. They're in one of the non-conference tournaments at A&M. So it, it's it's interesting to see the teams get really creative here in 2021. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to A&M. Um, just lay it out, man. <laughs> just don't, don't pull any punches. Don't be rude. Don't be mean, Greg. But Never. You know, what, what, are, what are we looking at realistically? Um, you know, where are we looking to, to find our power, our runs, our RBIs from, and who are we going to have to rely on in the circle? <sighs> Man, it's oh. uh, it, you said something to me last night that was really interesting when you said there this team just doesn't look as dominant as they used to. And I think you're right, because you look at A&M back even just three years ago, you mm-hmm. know who was scary? Tori Vidalis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You saw her name. You get down. You, you, you hide under the desk. You do not want to look. And she broke Alabama hearts many times, even mostly in games that Alabama ended up winning. It, the game continued because of Tori Vidalis just being a boss. And she's so fun to watch. And, and oh my gosh. And, and twice the person that she's a softball player. I love Tori. And those yeah, were fun she's, too. 
You know, that we didn't have five massive power hitters. And we didn't have that one pitcher that you could run out for 300 pitches in a weekend. But what we had was so complimentary and it worked so well between the speed, you know, some contact hitters. We did have power, obviously, with Tori. Um, and then, you know, what we had in, in the circle. But now, I mean, what's our identity as a team? You know, if, if you had to look at AM and say, this is the kind of ball club they're going to have to be to be successful this year. It's really hard for me to answer because I, I don't really know what happened with the AM thing because it was, it was two years ago. It, it was 2018 and the team uh, should have beaten Florida in Gainesville, frankly, yeah. but you know, Florida magical things happen in Gainesville for those wearing uh, the orange and green and yellow and whatever else they wear down <laughs> in Gainesville. But after that, there were all those girls that transferred. Most of them went to Louisiana for some reason. And yeah. uh, it was such a weird dynamic. And, and I mean, we had where we had Samantha Shaw, she transferred to Oklahoma state yep. and, and it just like the team kind of fell apart. And it was weird because that was when I was in school and I was around those girls a lot. And I, you know, I, I didn't see that kind of, you know, I mean, whenever I saw them around, you know, it, nothing seemed like it was wrong again, but it's not like I'm in the locker room. So, you know, well, anything uh, could run a face. What's so strange about this is this is kind of an out of the nowhere rebuild. I mean, all of a sudden, Joe Evans had to reshape a roster and, and we've seen it the last couple of years, just not work. Uh, this team just doesn't have the scary player or the scary pitcher. Frankly, they have pitchers who would have great outings. I saw Kendall Potts pitch like Roger Clemens in, in a game in college station when Alabama finally lost in 2019. I mean, they have good days, but this is not a team that's been dominant yet. And I think what's really interesting is I love, I love pieces of this A&M squad. There are pieces that I love that I think that I think could make A&M a, a real threat and could be maybe a scary three seed in the tournament. I know you go to Texas again for regionals. Mm -hmm. This is a team that has pieces that could beat Texas in the early part of the NCAA tournament. I think Mackenzie Herzog is, is an absolute boss. And, and I heard coach Evans talk about her rehab. She got injured in terms of pitching after the Arizona win last year. Uh, she was still able to hit, still hit, looking at now 415 last year. I mean, Coach Evans, when we talked to her for media day, said she thought she'd be an All-American. Her pitching was off the charts before she got injured. She had a .82 ERA, 3-0 record, but, you know, the injury kind of kept that down. We saw some of the other arms not quite be able to keep up the pace. I think Mackenzie Herzog is a really good ace option. She clearly is a good team leader. I think adding uh, Kelsey Brodus from Boise State, a former Mountain West pitcher of the year. I think she's got a chance to make this pitching staff different. She's a lefty. I haven't seen her, so I don't know. I, I've never watched a Boise State softball game. Uh, the one time they were in the NCAA tournament, I don't think they played Florida. Or if they did, it, it was during Alabama, so I missed it. But I, I think that she could add something. There aren't a lot of lefties in the SEC right now. Callie Turner at Tennessee. I think there's one at Auburn, Trilicek at Florida, and that's about it. So she provides a different look. And then I love Haley Lee, the catcher. She's got a great arm. Saw her this summer a lot. She's got a live bat. She's got a great in infectious personality that I think could really make the team uh, – could lift their spirits if things get down at all. I mean, I just don't know. Here's the problem. Everybody in the SEC is getting better. Nobody's getting worse. So if you have stagnant years like A&M has had, like Auburn has had the last couple of years, like Ole Miss has had last year and probably this year, then you're going to fall further behind. And that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, 
I talked about how good Georgia's going to be and Mississippi State's going to be. Those are teams with really good talent. But if they were in any other league, we're talking about probably top three, uh, maybe fourth in the Pac-12, but probably hosting for sure. And I've got them at nine and 10 in the SEC. Everybody's getting better. And so if you stay the same, you're going to look up and you're going to be 500 feet further behind. Right. Yeah, it's you know we talked about those teams with Tori Vidalis and and you know like the little parts like Erica Russell, you know just kind of the the grit player that she was and how everything fit together. But I mean, if you know anything about softball, you know that you can literally go a long, long way with just dominant pitching. You really can. Um, and I mean, Trinity Harrington was our last dominant pitcher, you know, and that was that team. And then that's when we had Sam Shaw and the two transferred. And then you, like you said, it was like a rebuild. You had no depth, you know, in the circle. So I don't. I don't know, man. I just I hope we can put something together and really this, this team find some sort of identity to where it's, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a power team, but we haven't seen any power teams out of A&M as a, as a club. We haven't, I, I can't remember the last time we had something like that. Yeah, well, and the other part that's, that's just a big problem, I'm just going to be honest, the, the road schedule's impossible for A&M. Yeah. You got at LSU, at Alabama, at Florida. I mean, if you win a game there, that's, that's really impressive. But yeah. odds are you're probably going to get swept in two of the those at least if you're AM. and then at Mississippi State, a team that I'm really high on, which that's in the latter part of conference play. Who really knows if Mississippi State will live up to it? But that is about as tough a road stretch as it gets in the SEC. So now you're looking to try and scrounge up some wins at home, and there are chances there. Auburn, Ole Miss, you know, South Carolina. I mean, maybe it's early. We'll see. Kentucky. They're the official enigma out of the box sponsored in the SEC. No one really knows what's going on at Kentucky ever. So maybe, I mean, but A&M's so young this year, and you're going to have games where you lose to a Lamar, and you're going to say, how in the world did this happen? And then another game where you you probably should have beaten Oklahoma like we saw last year, or you do beat Arizona, and you're going to see the true potential of the Aggies. I mean, it really is going to be wildly inconsistent, really – good highs and then lows that'll be just baffling and i think i think that'll just be what the 2021 year is like yeah it's a it's a brutal rebuild when you're young and you get a schedule like that kind of at the same time so yeah it's... all right well thanks for all the sunshine and rainbows there Greg. <laughs> uh, I, I i'm trying to keep it real the good news is that when a team's young they're just going to get older. They're just going to get better. And I, I think A&M has a chance to be back in the middle of the pack in the conference next year because we're going to see a lot of pieces leave after this season with all the seniors that came back. And then we'll see what all the quote-unquote seniors or the fourth-year juniors, what they decide to do. So there could be a lot of turnover elsewhere in the conference, not so much at A&M. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm intrigued. Softball is going to be so different for the next five years. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Well, and, you know, what's the old saying? You know, young teams, the, the one thing about them is they don't know enough to know they're not supposed to be good. So young right. teams sometimes we'll just go out and play, and, and you don't know. And I, I, mean, I, I look forward to it. So we'll, we'll see how it rolls out. But you enjoy all the wins out in Tuscaloosa or whatever. <laughs> we'll try our best. I mean, look, last year we got a taste of what it's like for things not to go well. We had people saying we shouldn't be ran- – I mean, it was harsh, but the team came back – uh, you know, got some good wins. And then, of course, a pandemic came and we, we couldn't play any more softball. So I, I'm really excited to see what Alabama does this year and what the whole conference does, because like you said at the top of this, the SEC is good again and the best in another sport. 
and yeah. it is by far the deepest league in all of college softball. And one thing I, I love, and we saw it here with new facilities, is stuff like the SEC Network. As that grows, you know, the smaller sports do get a bigger chunk. And, you know, they're getting more money, and we're, we're able to – you just keep widening that gap. So, real quick, I don't know if you can tell me this. I don't want to ruin anything. No teasers. Or you can give a, give a teaser and just tell everybody to go listen to your podcast. Uh, who are your last four standing in Oklahoma City? That is not on the schedule for the podcast, so I will, uh, I will give it um, – I think it's going to be Alabama, Oklahoma, UCLA, and Arizona. All right. Okay, I'm holding you. <laughs> okay. That, now, it's, it's hard because who knows how the bracket shakes out, but I can guarantee one thing. UCLA will be in the champ series. That, that will be something I say on the podcast. I'll probably be a landminer gold mine. If UCLA is not of a championship series, something has gone horribly wrong, whether it's an injury, a bunch of opts out, opt-outs, something had to happen for them not to be in the champ series because they, they could be one of the best teams we've ever seen. Right on. Hey, great, man. I really appreciate you coming on here, bud. Um, can't wait for you to come back to College Station and get some more barbecue in you. I know. I, I said to uh, to some of the SEC people, like, really? I mean, we couldn't we couldn't switch things around so we could go to College Station this year. We want to be back at Davis Diamond, how you know? But whatever, we'll wait a year. Well, yeah, maybe maybe I'll have to mail you some barbecue sauce or something. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair yeah. I'm not gonna say no to that. Yeah, send me your address. I'll I'll ship you some sauce. <laughs> and that's how we pay people on this podcast. Perfect. But hey, thanks so much, Gray. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll kind of circle back around come tournament time and just touch up uh, real quick. Um, not the conference tourney, but we'll probably touch up maybe as it goes into the seating. Sounds good. We'll uh, we'll see how right I am. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, man, have a great night, Gray. Jacob. Thanks, bud. Thanks. All righty. That was our good friend, Gray Robertson, from uh, Out of the Box Podcast. Be sure to go check him out. And that's going to be a Nice little preview if you guys are really into softball. Be sure to give it a look. Yeah, his, uh, I've listened to, to his podcast quite a bit. And, um, yeah, if, if, if you're trying to catch up literally with anything in the conference, uh, obviously they're going to talk about Alabama. But, uh, you know, they they cover what's going on in the conference with softball. And, and kind of like we did, they'll touch on some national stuff too if it's rel- if it's kind of relevant to the discussion. So, Gray's a real, real, real good guy. And his podcast, it's pretty dynamite. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's the radio guy for softball. I'm about to say, that's, all, that's awesome. <laughs> we pretty, love that. Pretty plugged in. Absolutely. Uh, so I know we wanted to touch on softball for sure because the schedule dropped. Um, and I, we also wanted to kind of talk a little bit about, uh, keep this, you know, kind of keep it on theme. You know, we're going to do some, you know, women's sports, you know, and kind of support what's going on there, uh, primarily with basketball in full swing. Yeah. So Aggie women's basketball, um, in case you haven't been paying attention, uh, is absolutely phenomenal. They have one loss on the year, which right. was a loss at LSU, which. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah, that was it was it was tough. But coming back in Mississippi State, and I heard Gary Blair say in his press conference, uh, you know, it wasn't um, which team was going to bounce back with a win or a loss. It was, you know, how you know how the team was going to play, which team was going to play well in the first ten minutes of that game against Mississippi State. Right. And Mississippi State scored three points in the first quarter. Yeah. So defense. So, yeah. Yeah. So needless to say, A and M obviously bounced back. They are um, they're easily uh, a, a host team. They're uh, at the rate they're going. Uh, you wonder if they're going to lose again. Yeah, you yeah. gotta wonder. I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule, and it lines up pretty nicely for the teams we play up until the final week. Which I mean, you know, the final week of conference play will be 
uh, hosting South Carolina. So and that's huge. Yeah, and so getting them here is going to be huge. For the love of all that is holy, we get it. There's COVID going on. We get it. Not a lot of people like to get out to women's basketball games. But if you've got nothing going on on the 28th, hashtag get to read. Yeah. You know, go support the girls. They're out here busting their butts for us. And so. not to mention they're ranked eighth in the nation. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean they're a top-notch squad, man. Yeah. So, uh, so I was real happy about that. Uh, and, you know, tip of the captain, uh, Nia Jones. Um, she's at the top for Aggie basketball and double-doubles. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is, I know the last couple of years we've had Kennedy Carter and watching, watching it has been, I mean, we've been good, but it was the Kennedy Carter show. And um, and not to take anything away from her, she's probably the best player to ever come through the women's program, or oh, at least at least top five for sure. So she, I mean, just excellent but, score. But what you see this year is you really see, uh, uh, you know, the ball gets spread around more. Uh, it's 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 a real true team game. We're not having to go through one person to to run the offense. And, and then obviously on defense, uh, you know, I mean, three points in a quarter against anybody kind of speaks for itself. So go check out Aggie women's uh, basketball. Um, you know, when they're away, remember we got the SEC network I and mean, you can always watch them, you know, when they're on the road as well. Yeah. So get out to read for the women. Um, if you want to stick in uh, bouncy ball just a little bit, we did get a transfer Yeah. Uh, on the men's side, seven foot, 240, 250 pounds. Uh, coming from UConn. Right? Yeah, yeah. Come from UConn. He's from, uh, you think he's from Toronto. Yeah. But, um, okay. you know, so it's – he didn't – I mean, I think he played like three, four, five minutes like an entire season for UConn. But, um, but you, I mean, you're talking about a seven – you can't teach somebody to be seven feet tall. No. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that that's a – no pun intended – really big piece to, to, to a program. Uh, yeah. to, to have somebody big down low. And I know basketball has moved a lot more to the – you know, really the one through four spot and almost playing two fours at sometimes sure. just because the big men are, um, you know, they're just not as easy to find. And when you do, they're not as easy to, to, to kind of groom into that true post player. Right. So it, um, it's just in right now. And, you know, that is the positive news out of basketball, but it just they're a hard team to read. And it's just like you, you feel like there's a lot of good there, but the silly turnovers and just a, a lot of things that have happened in conference play that are just not conducive. To a tournament run. Well, what's funny, I think to an extent, um, you know, what Gray said about Aggie softball kind of pertains to our men's basketball team right oh, now. Sure. Like the highs are really high, but the lows are really low. Um, you know, when we're losing, we're losing by double digits. It's not just 10, and 11, 10 or 11 points. So it's, you know, getting these guys, I know they're working hard, but it's, it's it, and, you know, if you listen to, to enough of Buzz's press conferences and stuff like that, it, it's not just – it's it's not a it's not a working hard thing necessarily to being able to go out there and play basketball and not have to think your way through the game. Mm-hmm. You know, just be able to play. And it's it, it couldn't be a bigger contrast watching the women. The women go out there and they're just out there playing basketball because – they're they're not having they're not having to think their way through it. They're in the system, and and Buzz is still you know implementing everything that he does with these guys. So it's it takes time. It does. It takes time. It doesn't mean it's it's not frustrating, but it takes right. time. Um, so just you know be patient. Keep going to read. Go to read for both teams. Yes, both. Not, not just the men. Go see the women play. It's literally. I'll say it again. They're the eighth best team in the country, and honestly, I think they might be better than that. Yeah. No, they're they're a fantastic <clears throat> team, and we're definitely really high on them. Um, and can't wait to see what the rest of the schedule looks like for them. I know coming up, um, you know, just kind of keeping on, keeping on terms with women's sports coming up here in the spring. Um, I know you look at softball, they're going to, or not softball, uh, soccer. They're going to end up playing their tournament coming up here in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, you know, it's just such a weird year. Um, you know, volleyball, you know, is, is back at it and, 
And I, uh, I, I was talking to Bird the other day. I was like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, just this and that. I, t- I totally forgot. They, like, they have a full season to get into. I was like, hey, you know, um, uh, I was talking about coming to the restaurant. She goes, yeah, well, you know, we're busy. And I said, well, just let me know when you're free. She goes, well, it's just going to depend on how far we go in the tournament. And it dawned on me that volleyball got canned and moved to the spring. Exactly. So they are in full-blown practice getting ready to start and push through their season. So you want to talk about a busy spring. It will I mean, be. you're talking about baseball, softball, both your basketballs. And soccer. And soccer and volleyball. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, track. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely going to be a very I mean, busy spring. Springs are always busy, busy but uh, it's it's insane. So, um, so yeah, but that means you have a ton of opportunity to go watch Aggie Athletics. And if you're a student listening to this and you have a sports pass. Use it. <laughs> well, yeah, use it. Exactly. I tell, you know, one of my tips I always tell when somebody asks me, you know, what should I do? Obviously, they're not asking me for study tips. They're just saying, you know, what should I make sure I do? You should go to every sport at least once. Okay. Every single one. Every I mean, I get, one. like, maybe not going to a golf tournament. I, that's sure. fine. But, like, swimming and diving. You yeah, know, yeah. tennis. Yep. Get, Any of those. Yeah, go go to all those. But go to a volleyball game. So go go to every single game. Soccer, if you get out to Alice, you're going to find that you might really fall in love with going to Aggie soccer games. Well, Ellis is a ton of fun. And, you know, the, the dynamic has certainly changed when I was in school. So, you know, you were there when I was there. And there was kind of full-blown maroon militia was going. And you had it soccer. It was nuts out. Yeah, it was nuts out. You had soccer chants. You had just like a full atmosphere. And maroon militia in what it was has pretty much died. But you look at what has developed, you know, you, whenever I first arrived, Murren Militia wasn't a thing. You had everybody that wanted to be at the games would sit on the end line, you know, smashing on the metal, right. uh, you know, the metal trying to distract the keepers. And we've come, we've more or less transitioned back to that. Um, I know there's been several students that have actually approached me because they, they know I used to do it, um, that want to know the songs that we used to sing and all that fun stuff. So, Kind of a passing of the torch kind of deal, I'm, which I'm more than happy to do. Um, it would be nice to get the older folks to do it, but most of them are just kind of sitting on the yeah, side. They're for the match. Yeah. yeah, they're done. I it's understand. Like, yeah, I get well, it. they're not. They're no longer a need to the twelfth man. That's part of it. When yeah. you're a student, it's your job to be really obnoxious and rowdy. Unless it's baseball, then everybody is. Well, yeah. That's true. <laughs> which, but. which, which. Uh, speaking of baseball, um, the schedule did drop today, and I don't want to. You know, this is going to be a real light touch because I know. We're planning on getting uh, Kendall Rogers or, you know, maybe Kendall or Zane or, yeah, I've, I've just, I'm waiting to hear back from the guys. I, mean, I would love to get Kendall on, but at the same time, it's kind of like with Gray. I don't know what he can talk about, what he can't talk about. Right. So. But definitely one of the things I'm looking forward to is getting that in because, you know, we're about a month out uh, from baseball at this point. Uh, the boys, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and highlight what's coming up for the season. Uh, other than the schedule itself has dropped, and it's the exact same SEC schedule we had last year. Um, nothing changed except for the games when we will be playing them. They switched them around. Initially, we kicked it off with Auburn. Instead, they're going to be mid- midseason. We're going to go on the road uh, to Florida's new stadium. Uh, and that's going to be the opening for SEC play, which will be really nice. Um, but then, you know, the rest of the schedule shakes itself out. And frankly, just with the draw we have, it's going to be a tough schedule. Well, I mean, it's a tough schedule in the SEC. SEC baseball is like SEC softball. It's probably top to bottom, probably the best in the country. Oh yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting. And and just to throw a couple of you, you ad- just you don't get an off week. No, you don't get an off week, and that goes back to the tournaments too, because we're not playing one, we're playing two this year. Uh, we're going to end up going to Round Rock uh, because the Big Ten dropped up, dropped out of playing any non-conference, so Purdue's gone. Instead, they're going to go ahead and operate with four teams in Round Rock. 
two SEC, two Big, two Big Twelve. You know, you got to wonder about that, and we'll get into this more when we do our baseball podcast. Right. But you got to wonder if the exhaustion behind everything that happened with the Big Ten in football doesn't come back to bite them in other sports. I think if, the, it will. if the Big Ten chooses to not play out of conference in anything, at some point, you know that's going to be in the back of somebody's mind. Like, we don't want to go through all the crap that we just saw everybody go through in football uh, because the Big Ten doesn't want to doesn't want to play outside of conference. So that'll that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on in all the sports. You know, the, the selections for, for, for basketball, the selections for baseball, softball. So, um, but yeah. Well, yes, but the big thing today, though, was softball. For I, sure. I was, I was thrilled that we could get Gray on. Um, I know he's busy. He's got his podcast. Obviously, he does the radio. He does women's basketball here and there. He's a busy guy. So, um, so I was glad we could get Gray on. Uh, I don't know if we had a whole lot of AMAs or anything. I think we had, uh, I think we had a couple. Um, or I think we had at least one. Um, we did have one question. It was uh, from Jonna. She did ask you, know, what, you know, what are you most excited about softball and baseball? And the thing is... Well, Rob is always going to be baseball. Say, that's not a fair that's, question to yeah. me. That's not a fair question to me because, I mean, I would... It, to the extent that I would be excited about softball, no matter how good they are, baseball will always be just that little extra tick above. And it wasn't anything to do with, you know, the softball atmosphere or the team or any of that fun stuff. I love softball. And I, you know, thoroughly support the women, and I like to make it out to games when I can. Um, but, you know, baseball is my first love going back to when I was young. And to this day, you know, just Aggie baseball made me really kind of fall in love with baseball all over again. So it's one of those... It's a unique atmosphere, and I absolutely love it. And I'm, you know, win, lose, whether we're going to be in the stands, whether I'm going to be having to park my truck out in Aggie Alley, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be loud and rowdy and have a good time. Yeah, I, I mean, it, honestly, it's after the talk with Gray and kind of knowing that we're in a rebuild, it's it's tough to be super looking forward to the softball season just because you know it's going to be such a tough grind for the girls. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm not going to go to games and watch it on TV. No, but, of course not. Um you know, I think you're always more excited about a season when you're looking to success. Right. You know, and, and Aggie baseball, uh, and we'll get into Aggie baseball. Um, we're not getting a lot of love nationally, but I don't really care about that. Uh, right. That that really doesn't matter right this very second. So, but yeah, we'll get into baseball, but um, on, a, on a different cast. As soon as I, as soon as I get Kendall to text me back. Yeah, but. yeah, I'm definitely gonna look into that because I, you know, I think that would be a fun podcast. But we're, I know we're definitely looking as we continue to move forward. We want to get more guests on here, and with you know, like I said, without the standard, hey, you know, we got every week with football going on, it's gonna be a little bit different, kind of how we organize the podcast and go forward. But yeah, you know, we're definitely open for additional yeah, topics we, of discussion. Yeah, we can dive into a lot of other stuff, and uh, if you have any guests that you'd like to like for us to bring on, you know, realistically, but I mean, I've, I've got a big enough network. I can at least, you know, send out feelers. Um, I'm, I've still got a couple other guests that have nothing to do with a specific sport right. um, that, that I've lined, that I'm lining up. So, um, but yeah, no, I just, I just, I really wanted to highlight softball uh, today. And, um, and again, go out to read and go do to it. these basketball games. You know, the, the student, current students, you know, you guys are back. You have mandatory, uh, you know, COVID testing and everything. So, you know, you know, if, if, if it's safe for you to go or not. Um, and obviously, you know, if, if you just don't want to because of COVID, I, t- I mean, I get it. I totally understand it. But, you know, if if you're not going just because you're too lazy to go to read, then get off your butt and go to read. Like, if your only reasoning behind it is because you just don't feel like doing it, like, but you're going out and doing other stuff, like, go to read. Go, go, read. go watch basketball. Yeah. Not to mention, like, 
you know, you're, you're not going to be in college the rest of your life. So, no, you're not. So, it, so it, enjoy it, it. Tr- Trust me, as much <laughs> as we would love to just be like, yeah, I'm going to go do nothing and study and hang out and go to a sporting event. I mean, I can go back and look at my four years and just be like, that was a grand old time. I won't say that was like the peak of my life, but it was it nah, was good. But you got to enjoy it because you know, soon you got to go work for the rest of your life. Go work, get married, <laughs> have your kids, go do what you got to do, man. But, so what's what's new with you? What's new with work? Uh, so if, for me, not much. You know, it's just kind of staying the course. I've got, uh, um, you know, still doing my sales stuff, working on a couple of really, really big jobs. Nice. Um, uh, catering is starting to pick back up now that people are back with the restaurant, which right. is good. I've um, got a real big event this weekend. But uh, mostly I'm just sitting around waiting on my irons to come in that I ordered. So that's, right. that's, kind, of, that's kind of my life, waiting on my irons. I mean, oh, hey, they did, hey, they did well. Oh, well, the, oh. the irons. Well, yeah. Irons well, yeah. Won. I mean, I'm watching Premier League, obviously. Yeah, Hammers won today. It's their, best, their best season in Premier League ever. Um, They're rolling. And, uh, yeah, up to seventh. We're at 32 points. So um, Liverpool just fell to fourth. You know, it's one of those, the top is so damn tight right now. Yeah, speaking of Premier League, I think Frank Lampard will be fired by the time we <laughs> we hit stop and save. Oh, man, um, that would be hilarious. But, uh, but, yeah, just chugging along, man. You know, I'm, yeah. Like everybody else, my, my parents are getting their vaccinations, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got to look into us getting ours. And, and as these vaccinations roll out, I think there's a, a kind of a, a cautious air of excitement for travel later this year. You sure. know, and, and I'm talking like abroad, like getting getting to be able to get over to Europe. So, um, yeah, I'd say you want to do your, because that was your France trip, right? Yeah, that's the trip. Um, it's the centennial for the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and so we're going over to France. I, I mean, I mentioned it, but, uh, you know, as, as the vaccines are all out, that becomes, you know, more tangible of a trip. And so I'm right. excited about that. I'm cautiously excited, but, yeah. But yeah. You know, speaking of excitement on my end, so um, you know, with with my work at this point, yeah, we do media and we've been rocking and rolling with that. But we're moving honestly more into all, almost like you know small business consulting as well as um, website build and stuff like that. So if you know anybody out there, you know whether it's you know whether they're just looking to get a website or get video done or anything really production wise, and you just really don't have time for it, I mean by all means feel free to shoot me a DM or shoot it to the podcast. Either way. Uh, we'll be able to pick it up, and I'm more than happy to help out anybody who might be looking at that. But uh, on the band front, got some exciting news. Yeah. Yeah, we've got three shows uh, that all have a lot of weight behind them coming up. Uh, we actually have um, Cheatham Street uh, this weekend over in San Marcos. So if you're Central Texas, uh, come on out. We have a fifth member joining us. Uh, may or may not be permanent, but he's coming in, and he's going to provide a nice... Uh, addition with the guitars, and we're looking forward to having him on. And let's just say, with who's going to be in attendance, that's a big show for us potentially uh, going forward. So that's pretty awesome. And for all you College Station people, uh, we are going to be playing at Hurricane Harry's on the 12th of February, so the week before baseball season is supposed to kick. Um, we're going to be playing there. We're opening for Pecos and the Rooftops. They're guys out of. Uh, at a Lubbock area, and they've they've gotten some pretty good clout behind them now. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to check those out, that'd be great. And then we're going to be in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, in March. So, okay, so if you're in Arkansas, so if, in if, March. If, you know, if, you're, <laughs> if you're one of our many, many, many uh, people that actually view the podcast up in Arkansas, feel free to come check us out, man. All right, man. Yeah, we're gonna wrap it up. I got it's Tuesday, so I've got. A&M Consolidated Girls Basketball game to attend. Woo! I got I got practice tonight, and that's going to be from 10 to 12. 
over yeah. over at the Dizzy Llama in Navasota. Can't wait. The Dizzy Llama, nice. I love that place. Oh god, I can't wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be a shit show, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, at least you know that going in. That's right. All right, y'all stay safe. Um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Try try and get your vaccines as they're, as they're rolling out. Um, and you know, just keep on keeping on. We believe in y'all. Yeah, so uh, I, we will see you all on the flip side. The next podcast we'll put out next week. Uh, we're going to throw some stuff out there um, over the weekend. Uh, just kind of let y'all know what we're thinking about doing. Uh, we may just kind of do a completely off-the-wall one uh, next week. So if you want to, if, if I'm still kind of waiting on some guests to, to line up. So sure. um, if you guys got some, any like big topics you'd like us to talk about, uh, just drop them down below. Yep, give us your AMAs, man. Let's say we're looking forward to it. And of course... Uh, be sure to follow us all on our socials. Uh, you know, Robert underscore White fourteen on Twitter, Roy May fifteen on Twitter, and the Red F's podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening in. Y'all take care. Be the hell out of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah.